0: Amen. I got to say real quick, I, the Lord busted me this afternoon. It isn't it great sometimes that God does things in spite of you? Thank God. Uh, Sister Sam had asked me to come up this afternoon to uh, baptize a young lady. And uh, the young lady was a little uh, nervous and skittish. And so she wanted to do it up at the church. Sort of when no one was up there, so it went up there and and uh, she was she's a student at Maryland, and so she's been exposed a little bit their campus ministry, right? But uh, not much, and Sam has been giving her a little bit of a Bible study, but she brought her mom and her sister, and they they have no clue what we're about, and so you know, let's be honest, we can be a little three-headed to some people, and so I was trying to be a little. How can I say, uh, I don't want to use the word political, but I was trying to, you know, stay a little more conservative and, and uh, not try to get off too much into the three-headed stuff and explain to her about baptism and what God was going to do for her. But I never really talked about the Holy Ghost. And I thought it for her, it seemed like a big enough deal just to get her in the water, must less tell her, oh, by the way, you know, blah, 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 it could happen. So I didn't even talk about it. Talked to her about baptism and, and uh, I said to her, you know, we're going to get in the water. And I said, um, when you come out of the water, close your eyes and just open your mouth and just begin to worship God. And she kind of looked at me like, yeah, I don't know if I could do that. So I just like, you know what? Hey, at least we're going to get you in the water. We'll get you baptized and we'll, we'll figure it out after that. And so I got her in the water. The funny part is, you'll, some of you, you'll, you'll appreciate this. I told her, in your normal spiel, take your right hand, grab notes. She said, I don't need to do that. I'm a swim instructor. I don't know. I'm like, knock yourself out, sister. Jive, dive in. So I get her in. This is great. I mean, this just hilarious. I get her in the bed, and Sister Sam was there, and a couple other were there. And, and so put her in there, and she's nervous, and I'm nervous, and everyone else is nervous. And I said, okay, you know. Confess your faith, forgive your sins, the scripture said, yada, yada, I baptize you in Jesus' name, and laid her down, and brought it back up, and she closed her eyes, and she, she just stayed like this, she didn't even lift her hands, she stayed like this, and she closed her eyes, and, and I'm praying for it, I'm thanking the Lord, and you know, and I, I'm not doing any three-headed stuff, I'm just praying for general, thank you Lord for your blood, thank you for what you're doing, and, and I looked, I kind of peeked, and she's just sort of standing there with her eyes closed, and I thought, well, you know, okay. And then I started doing the exit prayer. You know what I'm talking about. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. You know what I mean. It's the exit prayer. It's sort of like, let's get this show on the road. And I'm praying my exit prayer, and she's standing there, not moving. And I'm thinking, okay, well, the exit prayer is not working. So I just keep praying. And next thing I know, I peeked again, and her bottom lip is starting to move. And I thought, okay. And I just put my hand on her and I said, well, it was almost by default. I was was like, that's the Holy Ghost. Just let that flow. Next thing you know, it just went poof. It was like she had been speaking in tongues for 20 years. It just came out of her. And the funny part about it is, I thought for sure that was a refill. So we were done, I asked Sister Sam, I said, Well, was that a refill? She goes, that was the first time she ever spoke and done. In fact, that was the first time I really ever prayed for her like that. Wasn't that? So I'm like, I left out of there going, Lord, I am so sorry. My faith was not thank God he she was baptized in the Holy Ghost in spite of my lack of faith. Praise God. Amen. So I just had to tell on myself, I know some of you are just so full of the Holy Ghost, you talk with an accent. But for some of us, you know, the Lord just totally, He used my mustard seed faith today, that is for sure. But it was awesome, God is good. Amen. If you would go to your Bible this evening, don't forget we've got to... uh, Break down um, after service so if you could get your assistance, we can do it snappily. Uh, We've been doing it amazingly with great efficiency the last few weeks. It's only been taking us about 15 minutes, which is awesome. Everybody's pitching in, so if you would help us out this evening. And I'll hear you more. I'll give you more information about the why, but just to throw it out there, Antioch United has been changed to the end of this month after Call to War, the 30th. So we have five weeks of being here. So uh, we'll get plenty of practice in our efficiency. Uh, but again, like I said, a big thank you uh, to all of, the, of you that help out. And uh, even if it's just picking up a chair, it's helping. So thank you for all of you that are helping because uh, it's making a huge difference. And I'm just... I hate to use this term because it sounds cheesy. I'm just tickled how well everyone is helping and how easy it has gone. Amen. Uh, Matthew 17 and uh, verse 14. It's a very familiar passage of scripture. Uh, we say that often, but if you've been around church, everything's familiar. So it, it is everything. is sort of redundant. Verse 14, and when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic ...sore vexed, for oftentimes he falleth into the fire and and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus and departed and said, Why could not we... Cast him out. And Jesus said unto him, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you, everybody said, me, Amen. shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto, what's that last part? You. you. Everyone say that's me. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Tonight, with the help of the Lord, for a few minutes, we're going to talk about believing in yourself. God bless you. Thank you for standing. I know that terminology and that title sort of flies in the face of our theology. Believe in myself. How can I believe in myself, preacher? Isn't it about believing in God? Isn't it? ...flesh to believe in yourself. And sort of our theology sometimes gets in the way of God being able to work... ...because sometimes our theology, even though it sounds good, is not always correct. For instance, we've, I've said this before and I'll say it again. The idea, what we say, that God without you I am nothing... Sounds like good theology, but it's actually incorrect. Because the Bible never one time says, without him, we are nothing. It says, without him, we can do nothing. But it never says, without him, we are nothing. Because if you're nothing without him, that means he died for nothing. He didn't die for nothing. He died for you when you were a something. So that's why sometimes our theology can sound good, but not be totally correct. And we, we say, believe in yourself. Wait a minute, Isn't you? aren't you asking me to, to, to you know, doesn't the Bible say he resists the proud and, and, he, and, and no flesh is going to glory in his presence? I'm not talking about believing you can do it on your own. But you've got to believe in yourself. And I say, why? And here's the here in the scripture, Jesus lets us in on some insight in what we're talking about tonight. Because when, he, when they came to him, who did they doubt? They said, why could not we cast him out? They didn't doubt God's ability to, to work. But they were wondering why it wasn't working in them. And when Jesus addressed them, he addressed them by saying, if you have faith, Of a mustard seed. Basically he was saying. Faith in me. Of a mustard seed is all you need. But faith in me is not all you need. Because he's saying. If you have faith of a mustard seed. Then you. Should say. To the mountain. Be removed. And it shall obey you. And nothing shall be impossible to you. Most of us in this room tonight have no problem believing God can do anything. But our biggest problem is, can God really do it through me? We believe God can do it through the preacher. We believe God can do it through the anointed and the called and the, and the, and the leadership. But can God do really do it through me? And so we say, well, I've got faith, but nothing's working in my life. Why is it not working, preacher? Because it's not about... The preacher is about, do you believe in yourself? Because you've got to believe in yourself so that God can flow through you. That seems like an oxymoron, but I'll give you a perfect illustration, one that we all use. Moses sent spies into the wilderness, into the promised land. Said, go guys, go check it out. They come back. And notice the correlation All of them believed in God. Because they knew God had brought them out of Egypt. They all believed God was able because he brought them out of Egypt. They had seen the miracles of Egypt. They had seen what God had done bringing them out of there. They had heard, they had recognized the stories and the the understanding of the plagues. They they knew about the, the crossing of the Red Sea. It wasn't a fact that God could not defeat their enemies. The problem they had was, we are but grasshoppers. And Caleb said, wait a minute, time out. We are well abled. Caleb is saying, listen, I believe in myself. Why don't you believe? But because of their understanding of who they were, limited what God could do through them. Was God able to defeat the enemies? Absolutely. But why couldn't God? Because they didn't believe in themselves. And every one of us, God works in our faith. God works on our faith for, towards him, but also God works on our faith towards ourselves. Because faith works both ways. Faith is a two-handed deal. And most of us in this room tonight don't really Maybe some of the big stuff. Maybe if you have some kind of incurable disease, there's some, some going back and forth in your mind. But for the most part, in general, most of us in our night don't have a question believing God can do anything. But the wall that we hit up against is us. This little baby's put in a basket, pushed down the river, crocodiles, snakes, snapping at the basket, gets down, pulled out of the water, raised in the best of the best, best schools, best opportunities. In all of this, he begins to explore his roots, who he is, and begins, the more he finds out about himself, the more he realizes he's a round peg in a square hole. He doesn't fit in quite like he does. I don't look quite like you look. Why do you look this way and I look that way? Something's up, and he begins to explore who he is and finds out, wait a minute, there's a reason why I don't look like you. Because we didn't come from the same mother. We don't come from the same father. We don't come from the same bloodline. And he begins to explore about himself. And in the process of this, in all of this exploration, and all this kind of conflict of who he is, in the middle of this, he commits a horrible crime. And in his wandering and trying to escape that, he gets hooked up with this, this, this tribe of wanderers, nomads the midianites who who don't really have a home don't really have a don 't really have a destination, they kind of just wander around they are nomadic herdsmen they they kind of go here and there and, and, and so they 're really a people without an identity yeah they're the Midianites, but they don't really have a place to call so here's a man that's searching for his identity that gets caught up with people that really don't have an identity they're nomads, but they don't really have a have a have great armies and they don't really have this great city and they're not well known they're the herdsmen he gets hooked up with this group and for 40 years he wanders you take 40 years of living searching for your identity and then 40 years of running away from what you discover and on your 80th birthday after blowing out the candles You're leaving your birthday party on the way home. You see out of the corner of your eye the flickering of fire and you turn and you find this bush that's on fire. You walk over to the bush to check it out and this voice comes out of the bush and begins to talk to you. And this dialogue that begins to take place It was a dialogue between God and Moses, but really it's a dialogue that all of us have with God. Because the first thing God does to all of us is he reveals himself to us. Moses, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. The first thing that we all do is that acknowledgement that we are in the presence of God. The first thing that we all do when we come to God is acknowledge, wait a minute, I'm I'm somewhere I've never been. Maybe the first time it scared you. Maybe the first time it freaked you out. Maybe the first time you're like, I don't like this. But we all acknowledge when we came into the presence of God, it was something we felt we've never felt before. And so Moses was in a place he had never been before. And the acknowledgement of that, and by taking off his shoes and acknowledging this place is something holy and sacred, and there's this dialogue that begins to, to go back. And then here's the kicker where we all get to. We're cool. We love the holy ground stuff, man. That's awesome. We love being in the presence of God. We love experiencing God. But then all of a sudden, God says, here's your call. Boy, we're saved. I mean, here's a guy that's wandering in the wilderness who's trying to find himself, and this bush appears, and man, what an incredible experience. Whew, man, what an awesome testimony. I can't wait to go home and tell my kids. I can't wait to go home and tell people what I saw. And boy, that first experience we have with God, and that first little honeymoon we have, boy, it's amazing. But then all of a sudden, God says, now it's time for you to recognize the call. And all of a sudden, you go from a man that was in obedience took off his shoes, understood and acknowledged where he was. All of a sudden, now he's faced with a whole different idea because he's faced with the call. And now all of a sudden, he begins to back, whoa, wait a minute. I like the shoe thing. Hey, time out, time out, time out, God, time out. And we know the story, the dialogue begins to take place. And finally, God says, listen, let me show you something. Let, let, me, let me deal with something here because I've established who I am, but now I need to establish who you are. God established who he was. I am the I am. Period. But when God established who he was, then he had to establish who, who Moses was. Because if God wouldn't have established who Moses was, Moses would have never been able to go back to Egypt. Because believing in God, yes. But believing in Moses, nee. Nah. So then God goes into this three-step process of dealing with Moses and getting Moses to deal with his viewpoint of himself. And he says to Moses, what's in your hand? Moses says, well, it's a staff. And he says, we all know the story. He says, Moses, throw down a staff. And Moses throws down the staff. Now, I don't know. What his feelings about snakes were. But I just gotta admit, probably based on the percentages of it, he had to be a little nervous. And now he is dealing with something. He's now dealing with the fact that he has taken this staff and he's thrown it down in this staff, and now the staff has become a snake. And now he's looking at this and he's trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do now? And God says, pick up the staff, pick up the snake by the tail. Notice this. When did the snake turn back into a staff? When did it turn? The moment he touched it. Most of us would have said, God, that's good, but could you turn it back in his staff and I'll touch it now. Pick it up. Well, yeah, good, God, can you turn it back? I'll be glad to touch it. But God asked him first to reach out in faith before his, what was happening was manifested there. Why was it important? Because God was trying to deal with something right there in that moment. He was trying to say, listen, don't wait till you see the evidence of what I'm going to do, but obey what I'm asking you to do now. And notice this. He was dealing with this in private so that it could be established in public. God is always going to test you in your private time before he ever tests you in your public time. God is always going to ask you to step out in faith in your private time before you ever get a chance to step out in public time. If you can't establish your faith in your private time, in your bush moments, you can never establish your faith in your public moments. If you can't obey God and walk with God and learn to step out in faith when you're no one's around and no one's looking, honey, you're not going to do it when everybody's eye is on you. And he says, reach out and touch it. And it wasn't until the moment he touched it that it turned back. Why? Because God knew that in just a little while, that same staff was going to have to be lifted up. And forget a snake turning back to a staff. That's easy. Well, we got an army behind us. We can hear the rumbling of the chariots. We can hear the pounding of the horses on the ground. And we've got a barrier in front of us. And if you don't win the battle now, you're not going to win the battle then. If you can't obey me now and do what I ask you now, you think you're going to do it when, the, when it's up against the wall and you've got nowhere to turn? Listen, pick up the stake now. Take a hold of it now. Deal with what you're afraid of now. Deal with it now. Well, wait a minute, God, if you would just, if you would just, man, if show me, God, I'll do it. If you just, if you would just, if you would just make it, make it plain to me, I'll do it. God said, no, 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 that doesn't how work. You do what I ask and I'll do it. It didn't work that way. I don't, I don't, I don't show you the way because if I showed you the way, then you don't need faith. And he touched that thing and turned back. And then God goes a little a step further, says, take your hand, put it in your bosom, pulls it out, and boom, all of a sudden now, he has gone too far, because now he's got leprosy. He's got a death sentence. He's got the incurable. And now he's thinking, I can't imagine what must have gone through his mind at that moment. God says, put it back in your side, and puts it back in, and pulls it back out, and it's new, and here we are, we're still dealing with it, we're dealing with it. So the first thing God does is he dealt with what he's afraid of, he dealt with his fear, his fear of what was going on. Then the second thing he is, was he dealt with what controls you. So, the first thing God deals with is He deals with your fears. And then the second thing He deals with is what can control you. But the third thing He says, That's great. <laughs> like the snake. That's great. The leprosy was great. I'm glad you healed me. That's all, folks. Do you not know? Not know I can't talk. So I'll throw the rod down, and then that's great, but then I'll do the leprosy thing, but as long as I don't have to talk, I'll be fine. Because his shortcomings became his identity. His shortcomings. So we have shortcomings? Absolutely. You all have got it. All of us have things that are our shortcomings. But God said, I'm not worried about your shortcomings. I've already figured out a way for you to deal with your shortcomings. So this whole dialogue that takes place, God's dealing with Moses. Not to convince Moses that God can do it, but to convince Moses that he was the man for the job. God is not trying to convince us tonight that he's able to do it. We have established that. But God tonight is trying to convince this group of people and more importantly the individuals in this group of people that we are the ones that are called to do it. If you're waiting for the Calvary to come sweeping in here for it to happen, there is no Calvary. We be it. If you're waiting for some great, uh, great move to come in here and usher in revival in Antioch West, guess what? It's not going to happen. We are it. And the question tonight is, is that, well, do we believe God? Absolutely. Do we believe God can do it? Absolutely. The question is, do we believe we are the people that God is going to do it through? Wait, wait a minute, preacher, you don't, you don't know what I, what's going on in my life. You don't know I got this a part of my life. You got that a part of my life. And then, and, and, okay, well, God can deal with that. God, well, 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 But you don't know about me. You don't know about me. You don't know my shortcomings. You don't know my faults and my failures. You don't know what, I, what, what, what I've gone through. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. Yes, I do know because he knows. And if he calls you like you are, he'll use you like you are. I'm not preaching tonight an excuse to go out and go crazy and live your life like you want to. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you, if he called you like you are, he'll use you like you are. Notice, he changed the stick, he changed the leprosy, but he didn't cure the speech. Why didn't God change the way he talked? This came the dude that wrote the first five books of the Bible. But he left him with what he had. Because he's trying to say, listen, I can use you in spite of what you think disqualifies you. Because I haven't called you based off your qualifications. But I've called you because I chose you. I chose you. Hey, I could have let you die in the river with the crocodiles and the snakes. I could have let you die by the courts of the Egyptian. I could have let you die in the wilderness with the Midianites. But I saw you, Moses, and I chose you, Moses. And I'm here today to tell you, Moses, I know where you come from. But more importantly, I know where you're going. wait a minute God you know hey, I'll be used God but I gotta get myself looking good I gotta, I gotta get pretty I gotta stop doing this and stop doing that and, and Lord I'll start when I start praying and I start fasting and I start reading my Bible and I start coming to church I'll use all that and God said I'll handle all that I'm not excusing any of that. I'm not telling you you can do whatever you want to do. That's not the point. But the fact of the matter is, if you're in this room tonight, you are selected by God. And God has called you. And God's hands upon you. I don't care how messed up you are. I don't care how much your life seems to be in disarray. The fact of it is, greater is He
1: that is in me.
0: I and call. So forgive me. You know what? If you want to call me cocky? Go ahead and call me cocky. That's okay. I'd rather be cocky and cocky and confident than meek and a pushover. So if I come across arrogant, come on, come on. apologies because I don't believe. That I can do all things, but I believe in God working in me. And when I believe who I am in God, it puts me in a level that I can walk around and know that I am something. Not because of what I've done, but the fact is, He called me. God called me. God chose me. And watch this. This is our most. This is our favorite verse. One of our favorite verses. I mean, athletes tattoo it on themselves. Tim Tebow wore it it on his eyes. Philippians 4.13. We love this verse. Go to the Christian bookshop. You can buy pictures. I can do all things through Christ. who strengthens me. And you know what we focus on in that verse? Which is not saying it's wrong. But you know what we focus, focus on? That word right there. Christ. But the revelation of that verse is not Christ. The revelation of the verse I. Because Paul said I can do all things through Christ. Paul first established I believe in myself. And because I believe in myself I believe God can work through me. Paul's revelation of himself and his confidence in himself, not in his ability to do it. He acknowledged his shortcomings. In fact, he prayed about them. And God said, no, 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 you're going to have to deal with it, buddy. i not fixing those. But I can do all things through Christ. What am I preaching tonight? What, am I, what are you asking me to do, preacher? Walk around and, and, and just act like I've got it all together? I'm not asking you to do that. But I'm saying to you is that somehow tonight in the Holy Ghost... I pray that someone gets a revelation. That when you walk out of here, you walk out of here understanding who you are and who God's called you to be. And that we start walking around like the true church that we are and not driving by the churches that are bigger than us and going, boy, we were here in a cafeteria and look what we got. And boy, you know, I just hope we can. No, 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 no. Guess what? We're the only church in this area. <laughs> That sound too wrong. wrong? It has to sound wrong. Guess what? There are no other churches in this area. There's some other crowds in this area, but we're the church in this area. I'm not dismissing the sincerity of those that are going to other places. I'm just telling you what I know in the spirit. We have been called by God to be the spiritual dominators in this area. But you know what? It's one thing for me to believe that. It's one thing for the leadership to believe that. But if all of us tonight would establish that we have not come here by accident. But we, we, I, I belong here. I belong here. I belong here. I'm not here by accident. I'm not here by default. I'm not here because I've got nothing else to do. But I am here tonight because I belong here. And you know what? If you are here, then you're important to what God is going to do. I'm coming back here because you know what problems yeah difficulties yeah but the fact of the matter is do you know the hand of God is on your life the anointing of God is on your life and you know what all you see is Angelo, all you see is what you can't do. But if you would let God peel back the curtain and show you what he can do, not through me, not through them, but through you. Brother, I'm telling you right now, there is no devil in hell. There is no mountain too high. There is no valley too deep. There is no river too wide that God cannot use you. and you can let the devil sit on your shoulder and pick on you and tell you all your disqualifications. But you know what? If you were disqualified, you wouldn't be sitting here. If God didn't want to use you, you wouldn't be here. Being here qualifies you. And in your mind you say, well, you don't know what what I've done. You don't know. You know what? If God didn't tell me, it must not be important to him. I'm telling you what God's told me. So let's stop trying to deal with all the stuff that we think disqualifies us and start focusing on what does qualify us. Do you have the Holy Ghost? Have you been baptized? Then you're qualified. My God, come against every spirit of timidity. I come against every spirit of inferiority. We are the people of God. You need to turn to your neighbor and say, do you know who you're sitting next to? You need to tell your neighbor, hey, I just want to let you know you are special tonight because you sit next to me. Because I am special. You say, well, hey, hey, hey. You say, well, isn't that a little too much, preacher? Aren't you asking? No, 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 no. Because you keep keeping, you keep your humility. You keep your meekness. And you keep hiding, Gideon. That's a, that's a meek guy. You keep hiding, Gideon. Go ahead, keep your humility. Well, I'm not like that. That's not who I am, spiritual. and I, I just, I'm such reverence of God. And, and I am just, uh, I just, I'm just a grasshopper in his economy. And you just keep hiding, Gideon. But you know what? Excuse me, but I am a mighty man a valor. Amen. Notice, God didn't address who he was with Gideon. God didn't tell Gideon, hey dude, chill out man, I'm your God. Don't worry about it, I got your back. Think about that. So that proved to me Gideon knew what God was able to do. Because God never addressed with Gideon. Hey, Gideon, why are you hiding? Don't you know I'm your God? Gideon, why are you afraid? Don't you know I'm your God? Hey, dude, let's go. Didn't address it. Because his faith this way wasn't his problem. He addressed his faith about himself. So if you think what I'm preaching tonight is just puff yourself up, then you don't know God because God says, "Hey, why are you hiding? Well, I'm scared, God. You don't no 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 no. Do you not know who you are? You are a mighty man of valor. And through the process of changing his viewpoint about himself, he was able to step into what God was doing. So if you don't think God is trying to get you to believe in yourself tonight, then why did God waste his time with Gideon? Because the whole dialogue with Gideon was about trying to get Gideon to believe in himself. And he went so far as to let Gideon be told by the enemy what the enemy thought about him to try to get him to believe in himself. I'm not preaching for us to to walk around here prayerless. Just because we got it all together, we don't need to pray, we don't need to fast, we don't need to seek God. That's not what it's about. But we walk around here knowing. i I, got to be honest, and I'm trying to close here tonight, but i got to be honest. I'm about fed up to here with the adversary pushing us around. Like we're just a bunch of poor little people that he can intimidate. Maybe you don't feel that way, but I'm telling you what, I am sick. I feel some boldness about to crawl up on my back. I am tired of the adversary trying to intimidate us, trying to push us around. I am tired of that. God did not call us here to be defeated. God, I'm about to just get mad about it for a minute. Enough is enough.
1: Enough is enough.
0: You know what? We're going to do it tonight. We're declaring every, the Prince of Crofton, the Prince of Davidsonville, the Prince of Gambrel, the Prince of Odington, the Prince of Millersville, the Prince of Glen Burnie. We are coming after you in Jesus'
1: name. Prince of Severn, we're coming for you.
0: We're coming for you because we are the army of the Almighty
1: God. Oh! I wish somebody would
0: just get mad about it for a moment and say you are not Pushing
1: me around anymore. Rise of faith. Rise of faith. Rise of faith.
0: you're waiting for is time rise up faith
1: tonight is the
0: declaration of war we will not be defeated we will not be pushed around because we are the children of the most high The devil doesn't know who he's messing with. The devil doesn't know who he's messing with. He's messed with some of you too low. He doesn't know who he's messing with. Hey, you don't know who I am, devil.
1: Oh!
0: Oh, would somebody? Would you grab a prayer partner? right now in the name of Jesus we're going to pray right now come on we're going to pray right now
1: come on something will be broken in this place tonight come on
0: let some Holy Ghost boldness Rise up in you! On notice tonight, we're putting the adversary on notice tonight. We are the called,
1: we are the called, Jesus.
0: Come on, Moses, let my people go. Let my people go. We're declaring that I let the captives free. Let the captives free. Let the captives of Crofton free. Let the captives of Gambrills free. Let the captives of Severn free. Let the captives of Davidsonville and Crownsville and Gambrill and Millersville and Glen Burnie and Brooklyn Park. Let them free. Come on, if you're done praying, link up with somebody else. We're not done yet. We're not, we're not done yet. Come on, we're there. We're, we've gone far, but we're not there yet. Come on, we're walking out of this place with some victory. We're walking out of this place tonight with some victory. We're walking out with victory tonight. We are ambassadors of the kingdom. We're ambassadors of the kingdom. We're not bound by the things in this world. We're ambassadors of a higher kingdom. We're ambassadors of a higher kingdom. Oh, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy
1: kingdom come.
0: may look like a cafeteria to you but in the spirit this is a spiritual castle this is a spiritual fortress it may be a cafeteria six days a week but on Sundays this is a spiritual fortress that has come to establish dominance in the spirit of this area
1: Yes, yes.
0: I bind the spiritual blindness. I bind the spirits of timidity. I bind the spirits of fear in Jesus' name.
1: Yes. yes! Yes! Yes!
0: We are well able. We are well able. We are well able. I am well able. I am well able. I am well able.
1: Jesus Oh, shatter Bahia! Oh, Jesus! 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 Come on, just another moment. Let's not get let's not get
0: distracted. God's still moving. Come on, God's still moving. Don't get distracted. Stay focused in the spirit. God's still moving. God's still moving. (laughs)
1: Ha <laughs> <laughs> In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Oh Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yes, yes. Hallelujah, Halala Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yes, yes, yes. That old song we used to
0: sing, it said, Oh, yes, oh, yes,
1: I'm a child of the King, and His royal blood now flows through my veins,
0: and I who was wretched...
1: And blind now can see. Praise God, praise God. I'm a child of the King. Oh yes, oh yes. I'm a child of the King. And His royal blood. Now flows through my veins and I who was wretched and blind now can see. Praise God, praise God. I'm a child
0: of the king. Say it again. Oh yes. Oh yes. I'm a child
1: of the king his royal blood now flows through my veins and I who
0: was wretched and blind now can see praise God praise God Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. I'm a child of the King. Oh, can we just give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now?
1: Hallelujah! 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 Hallelujah!
0: Says I once was an outcast. I was a stranger on earth, a sinner by choice, a lover. Of her. But I've been adopted, and my name is written down. I'm an heir to a mansion I've got a robe and a crown oh yes oh yes I'm a child of the king and his royal blood gave me a transfusion and now flows in my veins oh I wish somebody would just take a moment and give God praise yes yes
1: Yes, yes, hallelujah, hallelujah,
0: can we just give one shout of praise in this place? Come on, lift your voice and give a shout of praise one time. was in college, because I'm such a mild, laid-back type of person, I went to some football games when I was in college, and I'd get there two and a half hours early, three hours, I think it was three hours, two and a half, three hours early, and I'd be the first person at the gate, and I'd be waiting for them to open up the gate. And they'd open up the gate, and me and my friend, we'd take off running. And we ran because we could get to the first seat right at the corner of the end zone, right on the first, right in the middle of the action. In one game, Maryland was down by a lot. They came all the way back and kicked a field goal at the last second to win the game. And we jumped over the barrier and took off running on the field. And I turned around and actually the funny part about it is I fell in the middle of the end zone. My life flashed before my eyes because I just could see pictured people turned around and there were people coming by the thousands. And we were high fiving and hugging each other. We didn't know each other. I didn't know them. We were hugging each other. I mean it was just it was just this euphoria. Why? Because we were on the winning team. So, before you leave, high five three people and tell them smile because we're on the winning team. Come on, do it. Five, five, three people. Tell them smile. We're on the winning team. Don't be running around here frowning, baby. We're on the winning team. Amen. God bless you. High five and pick up a chair at the same time.